Appreciate you coming on, bro. Yep. Definitely, definitely appreciate it. We fans of your game, so when Q was talking about it, we definitely like, yeah, we got to have him on. All right, when you first got to the league, who was the first person to bust your ass? I knew he was going to ask this question. I was, I was thinking about it. The first person, pro- truthfully, Michael Carter-Williams. Mm. MCW. Yeah, yeah. but this, is, this isn't like rookie of the year Michael Carter-Williams. This is like my rookie year, 2020 Michael Carter-Williams. Right. You know, yeah. like I think he had just got signed. But Fox got hurt. It was my first NBA start. Man. <laughs> man. I couldn't check him. He just kept getting a rim and ones, everything. I couldn't do anything. Yeah, Michael Carter Williams, he came to the league like on the tour when he first got. He was playing got to hard him. as hell, wasn't he? Yeah, man. <laughs> he what? played and, hard as hell. And I remember when I was I was a kid, growing up in Wisconsin, he was on the Bucks, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. they used to like say like I was like a young Michael Carter Williams because I'm yeah. light skinned, you know, yeah. point guard, tall, yeah. tall, long, you know. Uh <laughs> But man, he killed me. Yo, 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 we live on location, Orlando, Florida. We at home. I got the blackest one with me today. We got a very special guest. We got a young and upcoming superstar in this league. We got a first-time all-star. We got an Indiana Pacer. We got young Tyrese Halliburton in the building. Appreciate you, young fella. Straight up. Appreciate y'all having me. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There's some ballers from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Midwest you baby, from the you know. Middletown, no. Midwest babies. Yeah. Spreewell, you, you know. Almost, of, you could have been like, you like a cousin of Chicago. No. Right there. <laughs> you like 45 minutes, you know, Waukegan being back. Growing up in, in, in Milwaukee, I know your pops was deep into the hoop. How was it? Because I know the hoop is hard down there. Yeah. Like, so how was it coming up in Milwaukee? Well, like, my thing was, I grew up. My whole life, I lived like an hour and a half north of Milwaukee. I lived in Oshkosh, right? Okay. So it's like a small town. But if you want to play basketball, you you got to go, go through Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. You ain't got no choice, you know? But for me, growing up until I was probably like, actually until I was in like fifth grade, I ne- I was just playing around locally home, was probably like the best kid in my area, you know, it was came kind of easy. And I remember when I first started playing AU in like fourth grade, Oshkosh is a lot of, where I'm from is a lot of white people like, there's not many black people at all. Yeah. And I remember my first AU tournament in Milwaukee being around all these black people. And uh, it was like kind of a culture shock for me, which is crazy to say. Right. Yeah. Uh, just being around that environment, you know, and not being the best player on the floor anymore. It was it was a weird, weird thing. And then uh, Tyler Hero, his dad asked me to play with their AU team uh, at the end of fifth grade, going into sixth grade. So y'all played together that long from like sixth grade on to sixth, sixth grade to ninth grade. We played together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's something that we we, you know, we take pride in that, you know, growing up, we didn't really have many dudes in the league from Wisconsin that we could really look up to yeah. and uh like played similar positions. We didn't really we didn't really have that. And so yeah. I think that's something that me, uh Tyler, Jordan Poole, us, you know, I think we're three up and coming guards in the league who take pride in being able to, you know, kids from home can look at us and uh see that, that yeah, their dream got is attainable. A little bubble right there. That's a nice little Yeah, no, the generation okay. is, is definitely okay. changing because, like I said, I, a lot of guys from Milwaukee coming up was like Ballers, not a lot of them went all the way to the league, but it was always a lot of ballers coming yeah. out of out of Milwaukee. And like I say, one of my favorite ballers ever was Sprewell. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. He's straight out of Milwaukee. When you did go and see the culture, you went to Milwaukee and see all the the black kids. Did that give you some type of 
like, yeah, I got to get better or, yeah, I got to get on my sh- Man, what? For sure. That's not even, like, I had to because it was easy. When I go home, I just, you know, I'd kill everybody in my area. That wasn't like a, like, it was always like that from when I was a little kid. Like, there's some people who gave me some competition here and there, but it really wasn't anything for me. Uh, but, when, like, that was the real challenge because I might be more talented, more skilled, but they just play with, you know, a different type of tenacity. They pick up full court. Mm-hmm. Uh, I transitioned from being a, in third grade, I was like a four, so mm-hmm. I never had the ball because yeah. I was just a taller kid. Yeah. And in fourth grade, I just jumped to being a one, mm-hmm. like like that after our first tournament. And uh, I was just comfortable there because I've just i always had a knack for just passing the ball. It's something I've always done my whole life. But when I go play, you know, go play Milwaukee, like they're, they're picking me up full court. I couldn't even like, I couldn't dribble like that. Yeah, so it was, a, and all man, what? It was like, a, it, was a, it was a growth process for me. And I didn't really, to be honest, I didn't really get comfortable handling full court pressure to like my sophomore year of high school for real. Like I didn't want to bring the ball up. I wrestled with my confidence a lot growing up. There was a time from probably like sixth grade to eighth, ninth grade where I just felt like I was not getting any better. You know, Mm -hmm. I was just even, everybody else was getting better. I was just doing nothing, you know, and it was a reality check for me once I got to high school. Uh, I started working with a new trainer, Coach B. He, he started coaching me in AAU as well. He kind of changed my life, you know, in terms of the confidence I have when I play basketball. So they teach you how to be a point guard. For sure. And that's something that I take pride in and something that I think he just broke things down. And as a kid, I didn't understand what he was doing. Yeah. But now looking back, I understand, like, we we only ran flat ball screens. Yeah. So I used to run a flat ball screen every time down the floor. Yeah. We didn't he didn't call no plays, he didn't believe in plays. We yeah. pressed all game and ran flat, flat ball, ball screens. Screen. Yep. And I used to just learn pick up reads like he was teaching me flipping it over my head before mm-hmm. he was teaching me anything else. And I used to think like this guy's crazy. Why would I throw this pass? But that is such a natural pass now with, you know, the, the way the game is, we play Kicking so much pick and pop, man, pick flipping and pop. it back, yeah. you know? And as I got to college and, uh, you know, transitioned to being a point guard in college, then all those reads that he was showing me in, a, in AU and, start, and through workouts were coming alive in games. Start seeing them. Man, and uh, that, that just, he really changed my life. He made me feel really comfortable being a point guard. And to be honest, I wasn't even a point guard until our 17U our AU year. Yeah. Like 15U, 16U, I played the two guard. We had a really good point guard named Keontae White who falls in that category yeah. talking about just Milwaukee Hoopers he used to kill everybody mm-hmm. and I was a two guy my job was just to make threes yeah. and play defense that's all I did and then he left and joined a new AU team my senior year and so I was just kind of and and, and a couple other guys left so I was kind of alone you yeah. know and uh I had to put the ball in your hand had to so get nobody to get to man baptism by fire it, it really helped me for sure so you start playing point guard in your 17 well your senior year or whatever when did you accept playing point guard? Because if you've been playing two so long, you know, you got to accept playing the point guard because now you ain't shooting the rock as much as right. you did. And you got to facilitate everybody. Right. I, so the thing is, I played point for my high school or like our travel team back mm-hmm. at the crib from like fourth fourth grade on. My whole From fourth grade my whole life, I always was point guard back home. Okay. But when I, like I said, when I would travel and go play these other teams, I, I couldn't play point. I couldn't dribble. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was mm-hmm. I would be nervous out there. Uh, so then that natural kind of transition to two guard kind of happened in like eighth, ninth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was off the ball. But I still could bring it up if I grabbed a rebound. And I, But it was crazy because I was the two guard, but I only shot threes and then I could pass from yeah. the two guard, you know, mm-hmm. catch rip by, go find guys yeah. out, of the, you know, yeah. out of there. But I, I would say like I, I accepted that role going into 17 year. And then when I went to college, 
they already had the point guard there. And so for me to get on the, I was like, I'm just trying to get on the floor. So yeah. whatever I got to do, I'm going to do. So I played the two guard, but I was really like, I only averaged like four points as the two guard. My job was just to be out there, knock down open threes, play defense, get in passing lanes. And as I went to my sophomore year and our point guard left and I played point guard for Team USA that year, I was like, oh, I'm a, I'm a PG. I'm, I'm ready to, you know, take that next jump. But did your pops used to hoop? Yeah, he did. He did. He Shout did. out his pops, man. Yeah. You know, pops be watching the show with him. When I first, you know, interviewed him as rookie year, that's what he, I'm like, you know what I'm saying, man, we got a podcast. I told him, when you get big time, don't do me wrong now. I'm going to become the high ledge. He's like, no, nah, man, I watch your stuff, me and my pops. I'm like, okay, that's what's up. So, man, shout out to your pops, man. But proceed. Yeah, so your pops used to hoop. Yeah. So that's who kind of put the ball in your hand and and, and gave it. Yeah. Who, who taught you out of the – who gave you the most strategy to be a point guard? Cause I, would, like, I would probably say – man, I had a – we had a legendary coach at our high school, Coach Shady. Uh, uh, he retired going into my senior year, but he was the coach there for, like, 30, 40 years, and we ran a, we had, you know, kids camp. I went there since I was six years old. Mm -hmm. So doing ball handling drills, then we would play, we'd do shooting drills. I do that every morning, every summer, from when I was six years old to when I was like 16, you know? So like the setup back home was perfect for me. I had it all laid out, and that's because I had great teachers like him. And then transitioning from him to Coach B on the AAU side, being with two great basketball minds who teach it a completely different way. Because mm -hmm. uh, Coach Shady is a little more fundamentally sound. This is how I want you to be. Coach B is the opposite way, right? He's <laughs> from Milwaukee. He's been yeah. around all these greats you're naming. Like, you ask anybody from Milwaukee who Coach B is, they'll know exactly who he is. They all mm. think he's crazy, but he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and so I just have been around so many great teachers that have, you know, allowed me to ask questions and grow the right way. You got to win your senior year, win a state championship. Had your high school won before that, or had you, any of your four years, had you won it? Nah, nah, we had never won it. I grew up, won, I, our, our rival Hello. high school. State championship talk, just time out for a second. <laughs> you know, he ain't win no state championship, Girl, you know what I'm saying? How you ain't win a state championship? Exactly, you know, but go ahead. <laughs> our rival high school had two when I was like seven years old. Okay. So I always wanted my high school to win one. My older brother went to state when I was like nine. They lost in the final four. Um, and we had went to state previous before that. And my junior year, we were undefeated going into, going into the, uh, <sighs> the tournament. Undefeated. We had won some games. You know, you had no business winning those games. Like, came back and won. We went to the lead eight feeling good right before the state tournament. And we got popped. Got we popped. Oh, we lost by like 25. Ooh, like blowout. Ooh, yeah, like, I was crying then. Oh, was, what? I cried the whole way home. <laughs> I was crying if we lost crying, like that. Man, what? <laughs> Two-hour bus ride home. I was crying yeah. in the back the whole time. Couldn't say nothing. So my senior year, uh, we were on a mission. We were like, man, we got to win. We uh. just got to. So we played that same team in the Elite Eight, same gym, everything. Beat them, able to win a state championship. Yeah. And, uh, man, that winning that probably means more than – Man, any probably any basketball accolade I have to this day, because I'm the you know first one to do it back home. And growing up, before I had any vision of being an NBA player, or college basketball player, it was just well, I want to win a state championship. So that just meant the world to me. Straight up, straight up. What about Mr. Wisconsin? Yeah, you know who the he hell did? is Jordan McCabe? <laughs> he first of all, you about to try and embarrass me, but I was about to ask that question anyway. He Jordan yeah. McCabe beat yeah. out yeah. him yeah. and yeah. Tyler. He how the hell? Who is he? Oh, uh, he was a, look look him up. He, you know, he has he had a lot of. Yeah, he had a lot. He but got a lot of games. But you won state, 
And like how? Like, so he won state our sophomore year, and he was and yeah, they senior, got to do a senior. Year. Well, no, he won both though, sophomore and senior. He was they were division uh, two, different divisions. Okay, yeah, yeah, so he won sophomore and senior. So he had two. Okay. And I think and I think Mr. Basketball is a four year. Do you think it's a only they only vote off your senior year? I think they vote. No, off. they don't. They suppose only vote off your senior year. Like but, well, neither one of y'all won, and so y'all. Yeah, I don't got. I got Gatorade player, but I don't got no Mr. I want basketball. All that. I want literally every other player of the year except Mr. Basketball. Yeah, I don't got no Mr. Basketball. I'm not even gonna get into that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna do it. You trying to give me hype? He trying to give me hype. <laughs> not gonna happen. Not uh, up in here. If it was, uh, if it was any other college that almost got you, what college was it? To be honest, Northern Iowa, Northern Iowa. Yeah, so I was, like I said, I didn't play no shoe circuit. So I had all mid-majors going into my senior year. Mm -hmm. And uh, we played my last AU tournament. You know, you go to Vegas, Fab 48, yeah. no shoe circuits. It's just roll the ball out. There's Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, mm -hmm. we all there. And we played Team Rio, who had Brian Antoine, who's a five-star point guard, and Scotty Lewis, five-star wing. Mm. And I cooked them. Yeah. I, I, I played, I had a really good game. We lost, but like every coach in the country, it felt like was there. Um, and that's when all the, that's when like Iowa State offered me right after, Nebraska offered me right yeah. after, Cincinnati, mm. uh, Minnesota shortly after, Michigan called. But I had known when Northern Iowa offered me my sophomore year of high school, I knew that's where I was gonna go to school because mm -hmm. the coaching relationship, Missouri Valley's an elite mid-major conference. Yeah. Um, and A.J. Green, who plays on the Bucks now, yeah. uh, his dad was the assistant coach, and he was a four-star, and I knew he was going to go there. So if both of us went there, I knew it would be trouble for the Missouri Valley. We'd have a chance to go to the tournament. So when Iowa State called, I was like, damn, because I know I got to go to Iowa State because they got the <laughs> Wisconsin connection. They had you know point guards in the league. I was like, I know I got to go. But I remember calling Northern Iowa. I remember my mom sitting in the living room crying. Cause she, cause uh, we had a really good relationship with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm. I remember having to make that call, and I knew I I couldn't go there. I had to go to Iowa State if I wanted to do what I wanted to do. But I remember my mama crying in the in the living room for sure. Mm. How was it when you got to Iowa State? Was it like you know, like you said, you from a small town? Like how was it going? Like was that your first time being away from the family and everything? Yeah, yeah. That was my first time not being at home. It wasn't that bad. It was for me. It was like I got to figure out how I'm gonna get on the floor mm -hmm. because I was a. Uh, I was the lowest ranked out of all four. We were the, at the time, we were the highest recruiting class in Iowa State history. I was the lowest ranked. So mm. nobody knew who I was. Yeah. So I remember my dad pulling me aside. My dad and Coach B pulling me aside when they dropped me off at school. And they were like, just find the hardest worker and do everything he does and try to do more, mm. you know? And so I remember getting there, Mariel Shayok was a fifth year senior and I remember he just lived in the gym. Like he'd be there all day cause he had a red shirt year the year before. So I just followed him. I was attached to his hip. We we work out together. He didn't have class as much, but I go in the morning, I go to class, I go right to the gym. We do our team stuff. I work out after, I try to go back at night. Like I was just doing whatever he was doing. And we became really close that way. Cause I think he just appreciated how hard I worked coming as a freshman. And because back home, you know how it is back home. Back home, they was like, oh, he not he not ready to go there. Right. He gonna he, right. he gonna get redshirted. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, no way. Like I'm thinking, like, damn, maybe I am gonna get redshirted. <laughs> you know? But I'm like, I can't whisper. let the, I can't let them be right, you know? And so uh I started, I think, every game besides the first game of the year. And uh yeah, the rest is history from there. You set a record your first year, 17 assists. Tell us about that game. Like 17 assists in college in one game, that's that's unheard of. Right. Like, folks ain't doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Okay, well, to be fair, we that was the highest field goal percentage in Iowa State history as a team. We yeah. didn't miss that game. Yeah. Uh, we played Southern, I remember. It was like, you know, one of those mid-major bye games early in the year. Uh, but I remember I looked up and I had 10. And I was like, man, I'm just going to keep passing the ball, see what happens. And they they had the score thing wrong up there. So they when I looked up, I only had like 14 going with like five minutes left. And I remember Coach John plays up to get me the ball, to get me assists. And I remember <laughs> the bench kept telling me, you need two more, three more. And I got one more assist. And then the announcer announced that I had the record. And I was so they like, knew, what? they knew the record. Yeah, yeah. The coaches knew the record. They was like, we got to get him the ball. So he did. Because <laughs> like I said, I was the two guard. So these wasn't like, it wasn't like I was just coming down. Pat, like I was just, it was in the flow of the offense. I just happened to have the ball, get people the ball. When did you know that you was on the level? You know, playing at Iowa State, you play some good teams. Yeah. Right? So when did you you feel like, oh yeah, I can really play, not only play on this level, but do my thing, like be a part of it. Yeah, I would say the first like stamp I got that I was like, yeah, I'm here, was uh, we played Kansas, like our first conference game or second conference game at the crib. Mm -hmm. It was one of those games early when everybody's on Christmas break. So there's not really students there, but they let the students come back to get their spots because they know it's going to be a crazy game. And we beat them by 20. They were top five in the country at the time. Mm. And I remember Bill Self going through the handshake line was like, you can play anywhere in the country. Like, and he said in the postgame presser, like, that's one of the best backcourts in the country. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow. Because, again, coming into the year, nobody even know, knew who Ooh, I was. was yeah. And so now we're only, you know, 13 games in a year, and he's already saying that. And I was like, yeah, I know I belong. And from there, it just, you know, it took off. 50 steals, 50 blocks in a season. Only other person did that was Zion, and he was on TV every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what Blocks unassuming, though. You yeah. out here, though. Huh? Oh, yeah, I, I get some. I get some. Yeah. <laughs> so when you seen that achievement that that you accomplished, was you was you shocked? Because I know you're not keeping up with the numbers. You're not, nah. not checking, like, oh, I got 10 more blocks. Yeah. Oh, I, got, I got this. But to see it at the end of the year, coming from a point guard, like, how was that? Yeah, it, you know, it was crazy at the time because when they put that stat out, I thought it was a joke at first. I was like, no way this is for real. Uh, <laughs> like, I know I'm going to get steals because we played 1-3-1 in high school. Like, yeah. I was on the wing. I, I probably, truthfully, I was probably like six steals my senior year in high school. And uh, so, like, I've always had a knack for just being in passing lanes. So, that's just, even today, I'm, you know, through my first three years in the league, I'm you yeah. know, top five in steals. Oh, yeah, you Deion, you closing out yeah. on them things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, I knew I'd get steals, but the block side of things is just, I think, it, like you said, it's just kind of unassuming. And I think I I've, uh, I do a good job of, you know, fighting through ball screens if I get hit, just trying to keep, you know, trying to get the backside and contest, contest and, yeah. you know, getting, getting my hand on the ball. Uh, and I think I do a good job, too, of hiding, like putting my hand out when, you you know, you're jabbing, you think it's there, and just putting my hand up at the right time and blocking shots. Yeah. How big was it? You played on the 19 and under in between your freshman and sophomore year, right? Mm -hmm. How big was that? You played with all of them boys, Scotty Barnes, Kay Cunningham, Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Zaire Wood. Like, how impactful was that, you know, going and playing? Because I played on that, too, going into high school. Yeah. And a bunch of us from that team, we all made the league. Mike Miller, a bunch of guys. How impactful was that for you going, like, playing that after you having a solid freshman year, then going to that? How did you did you feel like that helped you going into that sophomore year? Yeah, what it did everything for me. Like you talked about, you know, I, I talked about that Bill Self comment. Kind of, I knew I was, you know, good in college, but after Team USA, I knew I was going to NBA. Mm -hmm. Like I, it was from right. there. I was like, I'm going to league after this year, because yeah. uh, going into that, I uh, after my freshman year, Bruce Weber called 
our head coach, he was coaching the USA team. He's like, I want Tyrese to come. I want him on the team. So I'm like, I don't know what to expect, but I'm like, I've always wanted to play for USA. That'd be pretty cool. Right. Um, and I remember getting there and all these top, you know, the top kids. Right. That, this is a social media era, so I've yeah. seen all these kids. I don't know top them. Top of the top. Yeah, I don't know them, but I see them on Instagram right. and Twitter and stuff. And I'm just out there hooping and just trying to make the team. And I remember, like, first couple days, Coach Hopkins at Washington came up to me and Kate when we were we were shooting. He was like, man, I can't wait to go to Greece with y'all. I said, what? I'm like, already? You already telling me this? I called my mom when I got to the room and said, book the flight. You're, going to, you're coming with me to Greece. And after that, it was like just being around those guys made me understand, like, if these guys are NBA players, then I'm an NBA yeah, player. Yeah, you fit right in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just happened so naturally. And I think, yeah, I think the whole top five of last year's draft was on that team. Like, we had some guys. Like, one of if I, I hope when, you know, when you go down and talk about USA teams, that's a that's – a, crazy USA team. Yeah, it was one of the big things. My homeboy used to tell me he was scared for me when I went straight out of high school. He was like, man, you finna go and play against some NBA players. Yeah. But then when he started seeing me with NBA players, I looked like one of them. Yeah. And then when he told me, then I felt that way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Once I got around them, that's just that feeling you got when you're around them, because all them names are NBA guys. Yeah. Talk about just that overall experience for you, like, because all of us, like you said, we all grew up, like, we we we, we want to emulate what we see. Like, we saw Dream Team and all this. Like, this is, like, your first opportunity. Like, hopefully, at some point, you get to play for the real, you know, the real, the, the men's team. To get selected and to get the gold for the Greece, and then when you up there and you getting that gold medal. Like, we, where the hell, we were in Dominican Republic when we mm -hmm. did ours, but, like, to be on it, you know how you get to stand up there like the Olympic, you people, and you like, how did that feel for you? And then like for you, you know, you from Oshkosh, and you up here with all these guys you seen on the internet and all of this stuff, and you amongst them, you one of them, like, how does that feel for you? Yeah, it was a, it was a, such a surreal feeling, uh, and, and hard to put into words because, like you said, like where I come from, it's not even a right. thought, you know what I mean? And, you know, I was... One of the, I'm like the first kid from Oshkosh to be in the NBA, so anything I do in the NBA, I'm the first kid from right. Oshkosh, right? Uh, but to be out there was kind of that first real stamp for me that I knew something something special was was going to happen. And when I reflect on that, it's uh, it's such an amazing feeling. And like you said, I hope that I'm able to play, you know, in the Olympics next, if not next year, then you know, hopefully soon. Um, and my mom was with me too, so that just meant the world to me that my mom got to be able to be there to experience that. Um, you know, and and like I said, it's just a surreal feeling, and hopefully I'm able to, you know, get the get the big gold one day. Now I enjoy stories like that because you you weren't a McDonald's kid, you weren't McDonald's All American, right? Nah. So yeah, like that's like the proof, like you know, like D Wade wasn't McDonald's, but look at him, like you, you know, what I'm saying didn't make McDonald's, but look, two year a year later, you on the, you know, what I'm saying on Olympic team getting gold, now you on your way, you know, what I'm saying so all of that's always dope to me. It's just an example that. For guys, you know how some high school, because we all put a lot of stock into certain things, goals and making McDonald's is like one of those benchmark right. things. And so it's like, it show you like, even if you didn't make it, like, you know what I'm saying? Boom, I'm going to still bounce right back and you still could be right where you want to be. For sure. For sure. Your, your sophomore year, you know, your mindset was like, yeah, after this year, we going pro, but you hurt your wrist. Mm -hmm. Was it discouraging after you seasoned in and hurt your wrist going into the draft? Because you want to be 100% for the teams to see you yeah how was that for you oh man it was terrible it was terrible because I was playing really well um and going into conference play so we hadn't even played our first conference game yet 
and I went to dunk on somebody in practice and he blocked me and I tried to catch myself and my wrist was hurting so bad and we did the x-ray and nothing showed nothing. And from then on, so we I played nine or 10 conference games that year. So we play, I probably had like 12 more games that year. If my left wrist got hit, it would just go numb. Like mm -hmm. I couldn't even feel my wrist for like, mm. it would just go numb and then it would like come back a couple minutes later. Not and, if, when it got yeah, hit. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? And everybody knew too, cause I had the big tape across my hand, like everybody knew. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just so frustrating because there, I just felt like limited to a point. Like I can't yeah. show everything I want to. And I had had a good, you know, pre-conference season. And so I felt like that had helped me. Uh, but I couldn't use it as an excuse. I just had to had to hoop. Play so uh, from, I had to get through that. And then we get through the first nine games or first half of conference play. And I'm frustrated. And I'm like, all right, we got a good second half of the schedule. I'm going to get going. remember playing K-State. I go up to block a shot. And it takes my legs out, and I go to catch myself again, just human instinct, you know? Uh, and I felt, I just, I heard a Hell snap. Yeah. And I went to the back, and I remember they took the tape off, and I put my wrist like this, and it was just like, Phew. I was like, oh. and my dad came, my dad, my dad ran to the back, my parents was in the back, uh, and I was like, I'm good, just, you know, tape it up, whatever. Yeah. I played like five minutes, I couldn't even, I couldn't even catch the ball, like, if you threw me a ball, I had to go like this yeah, and catch my right and then tap it down. And I, I knew my season was over. Yeah, I just man. knew. And uh, it was frustrating because I'm sitting here telling y'all I knew I was going to leave after my sophomore year. And on the inside, I did. But, man, I loved college. Like, mm -hmm. not the not the lifestyle as much as just, like, I really invest in people. And so those coaches and my teammates and, and, and all the people at Iowa State, I had a, such great relationships with. I didn't for sure say I was going to leave ever. Yeah. Like my teammates used to get on me in the back because they'd be like, next year when you're in the league. And I'm like, right. I don't know if I'm going to go to the league. And they're yeah. like, you're going to the league. Like right. we're not letting you stay. And uh, I remember meeting with Coach Prome at the, in our, on our exit meeting. And me and my dad in there and my mom's in there. He's talking about, and he's like, and I'm like, Coach, I don't really know if I'm going to leave. He said, well, you're not coming back here. <laughs> I ain't letting you come back here. I ain't risking my job for, you know, you to come back to school. So So they help you make the decision. Yeah, yeah, it was made for me. And, and I knew I had to because you got to go and take advantage of, yeah, you know, your yeah. age and all those things. And I was already two years in college, and that's, like, old right, now, you know. Right, so exactly. uh, I, had to, I had to just go. So to go to process and you, you hurt, you know, you rehabbing. Yeah. Really. You know what I'm saying? And you have to go to teams. And, you know, teams these days, they're going to pick at every little thing. You're too skinny or you, you're not tall enough to do this or, you, or, you're shot or your arm's yeah. too short or, you know what I'm saying? Right. How to hear that criticism about you to go through the draft process of before teams picking? Yeah. No, nah, the good part was it was COVID. So I had the longest pre-draft process ever. I mean, by the time I was done with my rehab and my wrist was – you know, almost fully good, that's when teams could finally come out and see us. So I was, I, I felt good. And when the teams got to see me work out, I think I worked out, you could only do one-on-one -on -one workouts. So yeah. like teams had to fly to Vegas to see me. They had to clear the gym out. And I worked out with like Detroit, Golden State, Minnesota. Oh, so you can't work out against other players? No, no, no this was during COVID. This, this during oh, COVID. This, is, this, first, oh, this yeah. is our first okay. guest oh, from this draft yeah, there. Like, yeah. dude, this is, this, is, oh. this is a unique situation. Yeah, you know, yeah, he, yeah, he, got, yeah. he went under different circumstances. Yeah. The whole world oh, yeah. was in a <laughs> pandemic. Right. Okay. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Go so ahead. I, I worked Go out ahead. for like four or five teams. Mm -hmm. uh, we do like a little meeting before and then, 
you know, jump into the workout. I, I had good workouts and didn't know, didn't really know what to anticipate going into the draft. I remember there was some, yeah, there was some really dumb things being said in those meetings, though. Like <laughs> the questions were yes, unbelievable yeah, sometimes, yeah. Um, yeah. and trying to like. You know, stay. I feel like I'm a mature guy, yeah. but like trying to like, you say something to me, and I'm just like looking at him, like, "Are you serious? Right. Like, no way you're for real." But that just kind of comes with the territory. And sometimes I feel like they're doing it to test you to see how you're gonna react. Uh, but you know, the process was fun for me. It, it was like, I mean, my season got done in March. The world shut down in March. Right. The draft wasn't until November. Yeah. So we had eight months. A yeah. pre-draft, like Dang. it was so That's long, crazy. but it was it was so fun though, cause it was like working on your game for eight months. So by the time I got to the league, I just felt like a lot more comfortable. In Did my you game. work out for the Kings during that process? No, 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 didn't work out for the Kings. I didn't, they they didn't even call me till the day before the draft. Mm. Like I didn't even have a conversation with them. My agent is the one who begged me to even get on the phone with them. Yeah, and I was like, why are we getting on the phone with them? Like if they want me, they'll pick me. Like it is what it is. And he's like. Just get on with them. They really like you. And I remember getting on. They were like, we're trying to trade up to get you. We really like you. I didn't have to trade up. I fell to 12. So mm. it, wor it worked out well. The draft. Yeah. Like, like tell us, go through that because you're part of the pandemic. So go through that whole process. Because a lot of guys go to the draft, yeah. put their suits on and stuff. You really can't go outside. No, I didn't go. There was no, no there was nowhere to go. No, Everybody did their living so, room. So tell that's us. That's what it was. Okay, I remember yeah, Tell us the process family. of how they did your draft. Yeah, so the. ESPN to the top, like the top guys who are going to be on the camera, they they sent a car to everybody's house. So I had a dude in my garage, right, with all the wires hooked up to a car with a big satellite in the uh, in my driveway. driveway. Uh. So like already this is, I live on the same street as the high school. So like already everybody knows where I live and like they know the drive coming. First kid from Oshkosh. Now you got a car with a satellite. Big old, house, big old car outside <laughs> my house. Uh, but they had cameras in my house because, it, and it would like follow, the dude in the garage was controlling the camera to like, so he would go, he was going around on people, right? So like, I can't even go in my living room for 24 hours because like cameras in there, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I remember we hopped on a PA meeting with, or like a meeting with Silver, like mm -hmm. they would do at the draft, but they showed everybody's house, like inside of everybody's house in the meeting. It, it was cool, man. Like I had a, my suit delivered, my family was there and like you can only have so many people on the camera. So you had to, you know, put chairs behind the camera so yeah. that they couldn't see that you had more people there. Uh, in Wisconsin, it was very lenient towards what, COVID. So what was, your, what was your suit looking like? I had like a blue floral, uh, okay. I knew I had to do something different. You, I couldn't you, do see, I'm gonna tell y'all something. I know these things. You had your ankles out, didn't you? I had my ankles out. For sure, I have my ankles out. I wouldn't do that again. I ain't gonna he do that today. Would not be a part of the light skin <laughs> association if he didn't. That man, I knew he had. I knew it without knowing he had his but ankles out. But how was out. it to like you know, like we got dressed and we went somewhere. Yeah. For a draft, you got dressed and to sit to in your sit living, room living room. Yeah. For the draft, yeah. like. And my mom was preparing too because we knew it was that gonna be Did at the she house. She cooking so everything. It was like for like a month, two months leading up to it, she's working on. Need the walls repainted. Need the carpet oh, clean. Oh, yeah. We need, come up need a new couch. We need uh, my jerseys framed shout in the back. We need, the, we need all oh, this yeah. stuff, right? Okay, shout so, out my yeah, dudes. Moms was figuring it out. But, man, the, it was crazy because I'm sitting here in my in my couch and uh, my fam with me, my girl with me, my brother's with me, um, and every pick going by, we're just looking at it. I'm looking over my agent because – I mean, going into the draft, I was like, you know, Jay Billis does his, like, best available. Yeah. And I was fourth. So we kind of knew the top three was going to be 
Ant, Wiseman, Mello. So yeah. after that, it was kind of open season. And so every pick that went on from there, they just panned to me, panned to me. And I'm just sitting there like, you know what I mean? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I knew the Kings guaranteed me at 12. So uh, I was like, worst case, I'm just going to go 12. Yeah. And uh, and then it ended up, I think four was Patrick Williams to the Bulls. I, and he had a guarantee. I told the Cavs and the Hawks, don't even, don't pick me. Please don't pick me. Yeah. I thought the Pistons might, and that's kind of where I wanted to go. They took a different direction and went Killian, and then the Knicks would have been fired. They took Obi, yeah. uh, the Wizards. The Wizards actually called me and were like, we're picking you at like the sixth pick. They, they called me like, we're picking you at nine. I'm like, what? I ain't even, I never worked out for them. I never conversated with them. Yeah. They still had Jay Wall, right? Yeah. Right. So I'm like, what, why? Whatever, I'm just, whatever, let's make it work. Called me back at the eighth pick and we're like, we're not picking you. I was like, oh, thank God, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, ended up sliding to 12 and I was just excited. But like I said, I only had one conversation with them up to that point. I was not familiar with the team at all other than Fox and, and Marvin. Is it safe to say that like, y'all like the, probably like the most famous family in Oshkosh? Yeah. Yeah. Like after like the, yeah. the satellite and all that, like we, we like gotta be. like yeah, you the only kid from there that went to the NBA, yeah. like and you know my pops and you everywhere. live on the street, the same street as a high school, yeah. like it's gotta be us, it's gotta be us. <laughs> <laughs> so hearing as you you going to the Kings and you know who De'Aaron De Fox is and how good of a player he is, did you think that y'all can play together, or you think that you coming right in and just backing them up? No, I thought for sure we could play together because, like, I, I played the two like I had to. So it was like now it's just kind of getting back to what I've done before. I know what I'm doing to be, to be the two guard. And I think the way the league is going now, you yeah, know, there's – You need – yeah, it's positionless, and, like, you kind of need two – point guards on the floor at times you know for the you know the, like two guys that you know can direct offenses mm. like even you look at Golden State like Draymond is really you know a yeah. point in terms of getting guys in positions and things like that um so I was like nah this can work this is gonna be fun I was really excited and uh when I got there my rookie year I come I was like whatever they need me to do I'm gonna do so I came off the bench and you know I would sub Fox a little bit play with Fox a little bit it was a fun growing experience I learned a lot let me ask you this. For all the criticism you had through the draft, do you hear people say anything about your shot now? Nah. Nah, I mean, you do. You do. Like going I don't hear it no more. I don't hear it no more. Going into the three-point contest, they was like, my brother sent me, I had the second lowest odds, and they were like, his shot is too slow. I'm like, are y'all, do y'all watch me play? <laughs> hey, this is the funniest thing. What, like, <laughs> like, what, when you first heard that, what did you think? Like, when you was hearing people say, like, ah, oh, is he going to be able to get his shot off? Yeah. Is he going to be able to do this? And can yeah. he shoot? Like, what did you think about that? I was just laugh because, again, it's like, do you watch me play basketball? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because uh, I'm playing against, you're playing and you're against your peers in high school and college. And I know I'm coming to NBA and everybody's bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah, but y'all think I'm just about to go to shoot it and a dude's just going to block it. It's going to hit me in my face. Like, I'm not a little kid. Like, I understand <laughs> to get separation and things like that. It used to make me so mad. Yeah. Uh, and I used to, and they, you know, switch cultures or courtside films or whoever would post my workouts from, you know, pre-draft. And the comments would be nothing but like, this ain't going to work. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I used to go in there and I would reply to everybody, but I would just be like, all right, y'all going to see. Because, like, I've shot 40% from three basically my whole life yeah. so it wasn't that was never a concern for me uh and it, it's funny when people still bring it up because it's like 
it's such a thing of the past and people Cause I don't I don't really hear it no more. I remember they was talking about it during your draft, but now well, like I don't hear it at all. No that's more. because he having motherfuckers go that way and he four feet over here standing there shooting. Yeah. It don't matter. Like <laughs> you he, take his time. The separation right. is shifty is crazy now, but like that was I remember because you know I had kind of a funny shot, not as you know, not as critiqued as yours, but I, you know, did anybody ever try and change your shot? Man, it was like uh when I got to college. We had uh, Dave Hobbs, coach at Kentucky. He was uh, assistant for us, and we worked out. And I remember him, you know, working with me on my on my shot. Uh, but it, it always made me laugh when I work with people with my shot, because it's like just watch me work out for an hour, and then you tell me if you want to change it. And I used to tell him that. And I remember first or second workout, he's like, "You're good." Yeah, like, I'm not on yeah. My biggest thing about that all the time, because I, you know, I had people trying to change my shot. Man, listen. If it's going in, it's going in. I don't care about all that. Like, don't no shot look prettier than the shot that's going in. Right. And I don't mm -hmm. care how it started out. When it finished going in, that's the prettiest shot in the book. You <laughs> can have a perfect shot if that bit ain't going in. Like, I don't care what you talking about. Exactly. Every time I ever try to change my shot, it missed. Yeah. So I was like, nah, I know I come from a little bit over here, but I'm going to stay with it. Like, look, I'm hitting. Like you say, ain't nobody blocking my shot. Yeah. Like, and coaches know. Coaches know. Like, when I got – I had a good – workout with the Warriors, like a good workout. And I had a good conversation with, you know, Coach Kerr. And when I got drafted to Sacramento, Luke, Coach Walton didn't know nothing about me. You know, like he was just told what the front office said. Like I wasn't a part of their, like yeah, I, probably, they, yeah. they didn't think it was realistic to really get me. And he told me when I got drafted, Coach Kerr called him and was like, whatever you do, don't mess with this shot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, when Luke told me that story, I laughed because I was like, uh, I mean, if this guy's telling you not to mess with my shot, then who's exactly. really going to mess, mess with my, with my shot? shot. When, when did you feel, because, you know, this is the league now, and, you know, everybody is good, and yeah. you playing the, the hardest position in the league to play. When did you feel like, yeah, I'm supposed to be here. I'm a threat, too. Yeah. I would say I had a lot of success early in my rookie year coming off the bench, playing the like, – we played, like, the Bulls early. We played the Nuggets early. And I had really good games against both those teams. And that's just kind of – I was like, man, I really feel like I belong. You mm -hmm. know, I really feel like I can be a good player in the league. And I wouldn't say to where I am now, I didn't really have that feeling until, like, my second year when everybody was going down with COVID. Uh, mm -hmm. Fox got COVID. Everybody got COVID. Mm -hmm. We had, like, seven dudes. I was kind of just thrown to the fire. We were playing the Spurs, playing DeJounte Murray, who, mm -hmm. you know, y'all know is – a good defender in this league, and mm. uh, I was just kind of thrown to the wolves. I had to be the point guard. I was, knew I was going to play like 40-something minutes. I had a really good game, and then I was like, whoa, like that's the first time I've ever really felt that way about my, my game before. Like I really feel like I can be like really special. And then during, again, while everybody was out with COVID, I was playing really well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but as the full-time point guard, you know, and then when Fox came back, you know, we were sharing responsibilities and things like that. And it's, you know, we were f still figuring it out by the time I got traded, but I knew that this was, this was uh, definitely possible. Tim, you, like you said, you, you, uh, you invest in people and you talked about, like I saw you did an article with the Players Tribune after the trade and you talked about how you were surprised. Just tell me about how that, like, 
business of the basketball world, like how that felt to, you know, be a young guy that you think you up and coming in this situation, you think they like you and they want you to do all of this and then it's like, boom. Like, how did that feel and how did that like reality get rocked with that call and that, that information? Yeah, it's such a reality check, man. It's such a reality check. Because when you come to the league, you think you're bigger than everything. You are, you just... You, you're on top of the world. Like, yeah. you're just here, you know? And uh, we getting that call, it was like the first time in my in my basketball career, probably since like high school, because you know when you're in high school, you know you get highly recruited. You're a recruited kid, like people, everybody shows you love, like you're on top of the world. And it was the first time I felt like unwanted. You know what I mean? And it was a weird feeling because I'm not unwanted. The Pacers right. wanted me. You right. know what I mean? Exactly. Like, and it's a business decision, and that it works for them. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the West right now. They're playing good. I mean, it worked for everybody. But the first time I felt unwanted, it was weird. It was a weird feeling, like couldn't really control my emotions because it was like and can't really put it into words because it just it was so weird um and uh reflecting on it I feel like it's really helped me grow as a person um and understanding it like humility and all and all those different things and understanding I'm not I'm not bigger than you know the world and uh I remember my guy Isaac he's our video coordinator now but he was with me in SAC as well and he was like hey man Shaq got traded you know what I mean like and I never thought about it like that but like Okay, he's right. Like, and now look, KD got traded. Like, everybody, you know, the best players in the world get traded. Straight so up. it's like it don't mean nothing. Like it, anybody can get traded, and that's the crazy part about the business. And I'm sure y'all can, uh, you know, you know, share my sentiment. Like when you first get in the league, they asking you about the trade deadline around the deadline. Like, how's it feel the deadline approaching? Man, I remember being in that in that post game presser. Like, we all got to be professionals, you know. And I walked out, and I was like. Why are they asking me that? Like, yeah. I'm the last one to get traded from here, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not getting traded. Uh, and then, boom, just hit me, you know? And so, uh, Talk about how quick the process is, because, like, you just in Sacramento, and then you got to take this flight all the way across the country, yeah. and, like, the next day right. you went in Indiana. Man, it ain't, like, like a, no weak you dealing with those emotions, though. Like, you still, yeah. like, That's trying real. to comprehend if it. You if you already in you still got some some a little anger towards, yeah. like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Like, and you got to show up and smile and be like, I'm ready to go, <laughs> Indiana. Like, how, like, how is that? I've never had the, you know, the I've never been traded mid-season like yeah. that. So it's always been, like, a time for me to collect myself and, and get myself together. How is that when you got to go within, like, 24 to 48 hours to being all in over here and thinking it's good, then dealing with the fact that you got, like, damn, they just sent my ass yeah. out of here. And it's like, you got to deal with that, collect yourself, then go say, well, they did want me. Let me get, okay, this can be cool. Let me get excited about that. Like, yeah. how how was it challenging, like, as far as switching those emotions that, that in that short of a time period? Yeah, it wasn't a little anger. It was a lot of anger. And I was just angry at the world. I was angry at everybody. Like, nobody talked to me, you know? <laughs> uh, and we got traded that morning. We had a game that night. I was getting ready to go to the gym to get my treatment. We were playing like a temple. I got traded that morning. I remember people were just kind of funneling to the house, like King's photographers, King, like just like people that I'm close with, you know, photographers, staff members, people were showing up at the house, trainers, whatever, just, you know, to talk to me and things like that. Um, That's dope. Yeah, yeah. Cause, you know, like I said, I, I mean, I invest in people and I think it's important. You know, y'all know this, this world is about relationships, especially Straight in the up. league, cause you meet so many people that, you never know what could happen. You know what I mean? You have you no go. idea what could happen and how they might be able to help you. You might be able to help them or it's just mutually beneficial. Uh, but I remember they played the Timberwolves that night. Uh, the Pacers played that night. I, I remember watching a game with my girl. And, the, again, the Pacers had just traded three players and right. everybody was hurt. 
they went to Atlanta and got beat by like 35. Right. And my girl don't know a lot about basketball, but she'd look over at me and she's like, you traded here? You know what I mean? <laughs> but everybody comes to my house after the uh, Timberwolves game. Uh, I think it was like five, six teammates, a couple staff members, uh, just drank wine and just sat there and talked and like reflected on what was going on. And everybody gave me encouraging words. You know, Rico Hines, who I'm super close with, uh, he came there for me. And it was big for him to be there for me because of how close we are. Yeah. Uh, but I packed my, after they left at like 1.30 in the morning, packed my bags. Um, you got a morning flight. Yeah, pack a suitcase <laughs> to get on the plane in the morning. Uh, you land, go get your MRIs and stuff, practice the next day. And I think we played the day after that. And again, just so much anger that I'm having to like suppress and, and, and not show because at the end of the day, although Sat got rid of me, Indy's happy to have me. The yeah. fans are excited oh, yeah, that I'm there. The fans fan, fans excited. Good. The stat, you know, my the, my new teammates are excited. Everybody's excited. It's a new start, um, and so, and I'm a guy who I wear my emotions. I wear them like crazy. I'm I'm always like I, I try to be. I try to smile as much and just have fun on the court as much as I can. But I'm I get I'm human. I get mad sometimes, and mm -hmm. you'll know I'm mad. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being there, having to hide that was the craziest thing ever because yeah. I've never had to do that before. People are asking me in media and things like that, and then you could see it. But I just remember having to like put a smile on my face and just be who I am to 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 uh, you know go the next step. Like, how did it feel once you got like like you say you was angry when the trade first happened? And once you got settled, and then you got a chance to like that's behind you. Now I get to really focus on my situation, and then you see like how much the fans and everybody's behind you. Like how good was that? How good of a feeling was that? Like to see like once you got got all that out of your mind, then you get to look at your situation and you looking like, damn, this is a pretty solid scenario. Like you just expressed how you got you the man, you the, you the go-to and like you kind of depended on. Hmm. So how was all of those things for you once you got through the emotions of being angry? Yeah, it, it's still surreal, man. Like, again, cause I'm just the first, I'm from my hometown, I'm just happy to be in the NBA. You know what I mean? I'm just happy to be here. Now never, you're an all-star. Yeah, exactly. Now you're an all-star. Never, never, nevertheless, doing what I'm doing. And uh, it, it's it's so crazy to think about because when I, I at all-star, you know, that's when you get to take a step back and really get to reflect on what's going on. It's just like, phew, wow. You know yeah. what I mean? Can't even believe that this is happening. But, man, it just means the world to me. And the fans have been awesome to me. Our, our organization has been awesome to me. And I, th I think it's not just me who feels the love, but it's, you know, it's my family. My mom and pop sit courtside every game. My girl sits courtside every game. So, y'all know, my, my pop, everybody want to take a picture of him. He going to dap everybody in the stand. He's the most famous ex-referee ever, huh? Man, what? He thinks he's, he thinks he's the celebrity. <laughs> he's right? a referee. Yeah, he thinks he's a celebrity. So, we definitely feel the love. And it's just, uh, now he's just, you know, about, you know, trying to get wins and, you know, trying to help get Indy back to what they were doing, you know, previously and how I was growing up and, you know, hopefully, you know, being able to win a championship one day. So now you're in Indiana and uh, you have a coach like Rick Carlisle mm -hmm. as your coach, a legendary coach, a champion. How was that to just get this whole process and get there and just like, I'm going to be the leader of this Yeah, thing? No, it was crazy. It was crazy. And it's still crazy to think about that I'm trusted to uh, help <laughs> lead an keys. organization, you know what I mean? But man, when I got there, I was just playing. Like, I was just out there just trying to play and show who I am because now I'm getting the opportunity to, I'm a, the full-time guy, there's no, there's nobody else. Like if I mess up, I, I'm playing through mistakes more, I'm, 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 I'm forced to, I'm, I'm being looked at to take game-winning shots and like, mm -hmm. I ain't never been looked at to do that in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? I never been asked to do that. It's a weird, weird thing. Cause I, now like instead of in SAC, I remember 
things got bad, I just pass the fox. I go to the corner. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now it's like they doing that to me. They pass yeah. me the ball. Everybody getting yeah, out the way. Like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, I got to step up. And you know, it, and you guys know that that the time frame for people to get that it can be really short. Mm-hmm. Like the NBA, there's new players coming in every year, different guys coming in. They give the keys to whoever they want to give them to. What and, have you done for me lately? Exactly, exactly. And uh, I'm just trying to be who I am every day. And uh, coming in with Rick, it was funny. We played the Cavs. I remember our first game back. Our first, my first game getting traded. And everybody knows Rondo and Carlisle don't have the greatest relationship. And uh, and Carlisle has a reputation for, he used to call a ton of plays. He doesn't call as many plays these days. Yeah. But Rondo was like, man, good luck. You know right. what I mean? Because Ron, we're kind of similar. We're both point guards who yeah. you know, love love to pass and, you know, bring the ball up the floor. And, uh, it, and it, it it wasn't that bad. When I got there, it was because I didn't know the place. You know what yeah. I mean? You're just out there hooping. So he yeah. couldn't call anything. And coming into this year, he pulled me aside and was like, hey, man, I don't want to call plays anymore. I want you to be yeah, the head of it. it and up. that meant the world to me because if I got trust from him, you know, yeah. like you said, a championship coach. He's been around great, great players. He's coached amazing dudes in this league. If he got trust in me, then how can I not trust myself? Like you say, the uh, the keys is in your hands now, and now they come to you to win, hit game winners. Mm-hmm. When you hit that first game winner, how did you feel? Man, it was a wow. What a, what a feeling that was because it was like we had, you know, playing Miami. We had played them before. Yeah, the game before I had one point. Yeah, I didn't even score. The only way I got a point was because they got a tech and I moved Buddy out the way so I could just get on the stack. I was like, just let me get on the score sheet, bro. Uh, But coming into that game, I was just, there was like a lot of motivation going on. Obviously, there was some external things going on, people saying some things, but I was like, man, I'm just going to come out here and try to, you know, I I had watched that game film a million times trying to figure out what they did different and mm-hmm. how they affected me different. And the beautiful thing about me being in the East is I get to play against Eric Spolstra. I get to play against Nick Nurse. I get mm-hmm. to play against Joe Mazzulli. I get to play against these great coaches who they turn it into a chess game. You know what yeah. I mean? And uh, Spo was doing some things that I had never seen before. And I was like, Spolstra, Nostra. Yeah, man, so I was just like, he's probably going to try the same thing. So coming into the game, I was just trying to think of different ways to attack it and uh, went the right way. And then I, they, I was. I got the ball at the end of the game. Like, oh, I remember. This is how much confidence I had that day. They subbed me out up three. They subbed me out for defense. They hit the three, and I turn around, look at Pargo on the bench. I was like, game over. You know what I mean? That's just how much confidence I had at the time. And uh, that's that's okay. crazy because if you tell me that a couple of years ago, I'd be like, no way I would have ever said that. that. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, just a, a reflection of 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 the work for sure. Where was you at when you? Heard that you was making the All-Star team. Uh, I was making my comeback. I was playing my first game back, getting ready to run out for warm-ups against the Lakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And how did you feel, like, to make the All-Star team? Yeah. You know what's weird is, like, I get, I, I'm getting asked that question, and I think everybody expects me to be like, man, I was running around the house, I was doing this, I was doing that. But, like, going into the day, I was like, man, if I don't make this game, I'm gonna be so mad. Like, I'm thinking there's a better chance that I make the game than I don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the confidence I have because there's very well a good chance that I could have not made the game. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, I gotta make this game. <laughs> so when he told when uh <laughs> when our GM, our uh uh Kevin Pritchard came and told me before we ran out, it was like, appreciate you, KP. 
all right, let's go. Next game. Let's let's play. Uh, it wasn't like a and it, it didn't really hit me. Celebration. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like a it, and I and being able to embrace from my my family, my my agent was there, my dad was there, my mom, my girl, all them people uh being able to see them, that that was like the celebration, but on the inside more it was like running around like going crazy, but on the outside I was just, you know, trying to 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 not show it. So how was that whole weekend? For you and your family, man, it was because uh, they rolled a red carpet out for you. If yeah, you were all yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> didn't didn't like everybody's like, man, you're gonna be so busy, and I was like, really? I saw the young boy out yeah. flourishing. He, I saw him out in the club. He said, he 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw him out yeah. flourishing. You know, yeah. he was out there. You know, had his fit on, dripping and all right, that. Right, he see me, but yeah, just trying to balance all the schedule and figure out what appearances I can do, what I can't do, yeah. uh, go to the Rising Stars game so I could, you know, see our rookies go. I got three-point contest on Saturday. I really want to win, so I'm trying to put an extra three-point practice. I'm, I'm doing all you these practice? different things. Yeah, what? I practice on Friday. I, I practice on Thursday at the, at, in, uh, in Indy. I practice Friday. And then the dude was begging me. He's like, "Please come back Saturday. If you come back Saturday, I promise you, you'll you That's won't regret you it." Lost, bro. You don't don't practice. What you mean? I hit thirty one the first round. And, and you did what? And then I choked. See oh, what I'm saying? God. Like you, you, you. <laughs> That's from practicing too. The crazy much. part about that though is going. I when Dame hit 26, I didn't have one practice round under 25. Not one. Even walking in the gym. Not shooting a shot, like let's See, just let's just run through. The thing is, just you you emptied the clip, bro. Yeah, and, and when I looked and saw twenty five, I was like, "Oh, it's over!" Like no way, I'm losing. And I remember missing. I missed the first two racks, like almost every shot. And I was like, "Oh!" And I looked over, and Dame was already dapping everybody. And I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was sick. I was sick. Oh my god! Hey, tell me this. I saw. This is a little funny thing I saw. I saw that after you after you made the game, you changed your your, your profile pic <laughs> to one Wally Zerbiak. <laughs> I just need to know because we play against Wally, but I I never understood where he came from when when everything happened. Did like, do you know Wally? Did you do something to him previously for him to be like the wanna be all star and all of that? Like, where were you? How did like when you found out about that? Did you know who he was and what was going on? Uh, no. No, I had no idea. We had played the Knicks, and I missed a game winner. I missed a shot to take the lead from three, step back, missed it. Then we they missed a free throw. I grabbed the rebound, shot a half-court shot, missed it. We lost. Uh, and getting in the locker room, uh, my phone was blowing up, <laughs> blowing up. I'm like, what's going on? And everybody's like, why do you talk about this guy? Talk, talk about him like this. I'm like, well, he's Zerbiak. Well, he's Zerbiak. In the league, like in the early 2000s, I'm like, I think I know who he is. Like, and uh, I was, and then there was like rumors that I like declined to interview with him or something. And that's not, I don't even. Is he the commentator for the place? No, no for he, the Knicks. He, he does. Yeah. He does oh, studio pre in, pre halftime yeah. post. For I think he was just excited. You know, he was just amped up about the Knicks win, and he was, and I think. You know, just being a Nick, he you know wanted Julius and Jalen to both make the game over being me. Being a Nick hater, yeah, I don't see it. I don't no, not a Nick hater. hater. He's being a, a, a Pacer a, hater. Being a, a Tyrese hater. I don't know about the Pacers. <laughs> I didn't know, like it was it was funny. Yeah, he was like, yeah, wanna be all star. He was like, yeah. so he said that for real, bro. This is like earlier in the season, so it was like literally. When they announced he was an all-star, the clip went viral all over again. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, you know how it is, bro. You know how it is. 
And I didn't want, I, I couldn't say anything on social. What am I say? We lost. I, I'm not the type mm. of guy to go on social media and talk crazy right. after we lose or nothing like mm. that. So I didn't say nothing. I let it go. I had a little interview with Taylor Rooks, and she asked me about it. But then we played the Celtics in the Heat, and I was like, "Yo, I gotta go crazy right now." You know, and truthfully, he probably helped my All Star candidacy more than anything because now the attention was on me from yeah. there. And uh, so, shout out to Wally. Appreciate him. <laughs> so that what made you change your uh, profile? Yeah, yeah. yeah I put, I put, profile put a, it was his picture. Wally Zerby, that picture is his profile. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll know who we is. Yeah. Who we is, let them know. <laughs> so how was the game for you, you know? Because uh, just a couple of years ago, you was watching a lot of these guys in the All-Star game back in Iowa State, and now you part of it. So to, you know, get your, your name announced and be in the locker room with these guys. Walk and walk in that locker room and you see know, all of the, yeah. the, the setup. See your jersey with your family name on the back of Like, how was that experience, it's, the actual game. It's crazy, bro. Like, just being in a locker room with the guys is crazy. And, you know, when you're up and coming in the league, you might you have a conversation with guys during the game, after the game, short little conversation. But being in a locker room with guys is a completely different situation because yeah. you're sitting in there, you guys are talking about what's going on in the season, talking about other things that aren't involved in basketball and getting to know dudes for real. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was really cool, just getting to be around guys that I've watched, you know, my whole life, like, I'm from Wisconsin, so like Giannis, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I seen the development, like we had to, we watched the Bucks and all these different guys like getting to be around like Kyrie and Braun. Like I felt like I was, like I was a Braun fan my whole life. I had a LeBron fat head of him, Tom <laughs> yeah. Hawking, where I slept, whole, you know, growing <laughs> up, right? And so That's Bron crazy. And so like <laughs> Braun picked me in the draft and then like my locker's right next to Kyrie. And like, uh. I remember the 2016 finals, I'm like, I remember Kyrie hit a shot. Like I'm, I'm standing up, like in our living room, like looking at the TV. Like I'm in the game. Like I'm, you know what I mean? Like I felt like I was on the team, damn near. Yeah. You know, I felt like I wanted to. You went chip. crazy. Yeah, it? <laughs> yeah. So like to be around those guys and you know just be around all the different dudes and get to meet them and spend time with them was really cool. And that that was more that meant more to me than than the game itself. Just being to be around the guys and having the feeling like I'm I'm one of them. You know, I thought that was really cool. And as far as the game goes, I know there's a lot of talk about you know, the energy of the game and people mad that dudes wasn't playing for real. I came off the bench, so I'm just reading the energy of the game. You, when I no, no, no. First time. Yeah. Yeah. They can't fault you. Yeah. You were well, first time, and this ain't your responsibility. <laughs> hey, man, if, if they would have subbed me in and we was playing for real, I would have tried to play for real. I'm, you ain't trying to mess up the vibes. You no. just got here. I'm, I'm just, uh, this is what we doing, guys? Yeah. This is what we doing. Yeah. I feel yeah. you. You're, well, not, you're well, not one of the responsible ones. You only played me 14 minutes anyway, so I can only control so much out there. Right, right. So all the guys in the league, how did you and Chris Paul begin y'all relationship? Yeah, so with CP... I think when I first came in, <laughs> funny story about CP, man. When I first got to the league, second or third game of my NBA career. Now, I, I grew up living in the Midwest, but, you know, the, the West Coast games on at night. So I'm, I'm staying up to watch CP. Yeah. Like, before the Warriors took off, it was Lob City, you know? So yeah. I'm staying up to watch CP and what he does. So, like, second, third place, CP shoots a jumper mid-range. And somebody on the bench yells, hell no. Nah. I'm standing up, though, because I'm just, like, I'm still in awe that I'm, he thought it was me. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was me. And so for the rest of the game, him and Book going at me, going at me. And I ain't about to say, like, it wasn't me. You know, I ain't about to do that. I got to compete, too. You know? <laughs> so me. I'm just in there like, oh, okay, here we go. And uh, they talking to me and CP like, you think you nice, bro? You think you nice? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, this is, 
this is one of my guys, you know, oh, yeah. like who I looked up to. And then uh, he ended up here. I told that story in an interview and uh, he heard about it and, you know, we talked from there. He thought it was funny. So we were just able to grow a relationship from there. And I think he sees me as a point guard, you know, as a young PG in the league who has a, <laughs> you know, a, de- a, bright, a bright future. And, you know, I've just been able to pick his brain so many different times. And I remember I didn't play against Phoenix last year in SAC and they, they played really well against us, but they were running some coverage that, uh, some coverage on our delay action that I had never seen before. They were top locking everything. And I was mm-hmm. like, what do you do? And I pulled him aside. I'm like, you'll see, how would you attack it? You know, and he's being honest with me, telling me what he would do. That just means the world. Cause yeah, uh, I think it's, that's the bit, that's the way our game is going to progress is just, you know, the guys who have been here before sharing their knowledge. Yeah. Um, and that's the beautiful part about it. And, you know, hopefully I'm able to, you know, keep growing my relationship with CP. And my goal is to, you know, be able to do, you know, the CP camp this year. I've always wanted to go, never yeah. was able to go when I was growing up. So hopefully be there and help share knowledge. And hopefully it's something that I can, you know, help continue, you know, as, as he, you know, continues on his career. And, you know, when, when he decides to retire, hopefully, that you know, the CP camp, or what he does with all the young point guards in the country, I think that's fire. So hopefully it's something I'd be, I'd be able to help with. We're, we're a big WNBA fans. You heard you a big. WNBA. Yep. I heard you're an ace fan. Yep. So what what about the WNBA okay. that you love about? Yeah, it? I just I I've always lo- so m- when I was born, my dad coached a, win- a girls basketball team, like mm-hmm. a middle school girls basketball team. Oh, okay. So I've always been around girls basketball my whole life. Yeah. Um, and I just have always appreciated uh, they. There's not a lot in women in women's basketball. There's not like out athleting people as much mm-hmm. as it is in our game. You know, Skills. yeah, like it's it's a lot it's a lot more skill based to me. And you know, the best players are you know the the most skilled usually. And uh, I just appreciate that about the game and us being allies as much as we can to the women's game is important to help it progress because yeah. of all the people in the world who can't make a left-hand layup who have something mm. to say about the women's game. Word, you know, yeah. it's just terrible because they don't understand, you know, what these women go through and and the skill and the work that they have to put in to be where they are. So uh, it's, it's just always something I've always appreciated. So are you going to turn to a FIFA fan now that, that you and in, in, uh Yeah, in for sure, for sure. I have to. I have to. Lead the aces yeah. Yeah, we got the number- I'm about to say, I'm about to get Tamika on you. Yeah. Like, come, come, <laughs> hey, nah, what are you doing? Nah, man? hey, we, like, got the number one, we got the number one pick this year. Get a yeah. lead of Boston. It's going to be It's going to be cool. You know, they got they got a bright future over there. It's be cool. Start, bench, cut. Ooh. You got to start one, you got to bench one, you got to cut one. And you're going to get in trouble. Uh, Steph, Dame, Kyrie. Who do you start, who do you I bench, got who to do be. you cut? Go ahead. I ain't going to say that. It's your show. Steph, Dame, and Kyrie? Yeah, yeah. he cold for that. that. That is just cold. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Well, you got to trade one. We ain't going to cut them. Ah, too good. Trade one. Oh, this trade. is terrible. Start, bench, trade. Boy. All right. I'm, uh, you know he got to play all of these guys, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what make it cold in his when Man, I'm probably going to uh, I'm probably gonna start Kyrie uh, just because, you know, that was just the guy for me growing That's up. That's guy. And uh, <laughs> able to have a good relationship with him. Today and so uh, he and he's the toughest one on one cover in the league. Come he on, just what are we betrayed talking about? His light skin. I'm a I'm a bench. I'm a bench. Uh, Steph. Uh. Wow, that's crazy to even you say. Trade you, as soon as you walk out of here, you getting a message from the light skin association. Man, like, <laughs> right, that's a fact. Next time we play Golden State, he gonna go forty. I'm a bench, Steph. 
And then I'm a trade Dame because he beat me in three point contest. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dang! He want that that, that that that's a nice looking trophy, man. I'm gonna keep it real. We oh. got that big gold it's an indie ball. Next year. Like I'm that a, new I'm that new joint look real nice and neat. I know. What I want to ask like you, you you know y'all getting a little bit more change than we was getting it on that rookie deal, like, and you know. This ain't about like what you bought mama or daddy. Like when you got that bag, what did what did Tyrese do for Tyrese? It yeah. even might be looked at as a little foolish or whatever, but like you at the moment it was all that. Man. Big purchase. What did you drop a bag on? My something? first okay. So <laughs> we I, I I don't really spend money a ton. <laughs> I, I I no, I do. My mom would <laughs> my mom go go crazy when she hears said that. had a conversation my, with himself. My mom, his mama jumped right on the streets. I already spent money. Like he said, mom said, what? He said, yes, I do. <laughs> my mom go go crazy when she hears that. Uh, but I, my rookie year, I didn't have a, I had a car deal with a company, so I didn't have to buy nice. a car. You know, respect. You know? So there I, you go. I had yeah. my, I had my rental house. I, I rented a house. I had, I had a car deal, so I didn't really have to buy anything. I was buying clothes and shoes and stuff, shoes that I always wanted growing up. But my first big purchase, I bought a Tesla. I bought a Tesla. Tesla at the end of my rookie year. Okay. I was uh -huh. like, man, I had a Jeep with the car deal, and I was living ready. in Cali. Everybody drives a Tesla. Tesla. I'm like, man, this is the one. This is my, <laughs> this is my uh, one contribution to the environment, driving a Tesla. So I'm like, how uh, is the Tesla? I've been thinking about giving me one. You said what? How is it? Yeah. How oh, is it? I love it. I love it. And Indy, not as practical. I, I truthfully yeah, should probably smoke. get rid of it. Florida down here, they they riding the mirror. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> and ca and I spend my summers in LA, so everybody drives a Tesla out there. It's easy. I don't gotta go to no gas station. I just charge my car. So you and Dinwiddie are kindred spirits. So you came to Detroit and got a damn Tesla. I'm like, you can't drive no Tesla in yeah, Detroit. No. <laughs> I got a car deal in Indy now, so I drive a range in the winter, and oh. my Tesla just sits in the in the garage. When we came up, we used to be big uh, WW. E WWF back then. It was WWF yeah, back like then. WWE fan. We heard you a uh, big wrestling fan. Yeah. Do you still have the time? Because once we got in the league, we didn't really have the time and moving around. But yeah. when we was, you know, and he was in college, I was in high school, stuff like that. It's like we catching every Monday night Raw and all that stuff. Yeah. But since you've been in the league, have you been able to keep up? With, yeah, for sure. Because there's a storyline. Yeah, social media helps. Social media is everything. It, it helps with everything. Because I can't watch the shows live. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's just too much going on. But I actually, after my rookie year, yeah, after my rookie year, after Summer League, they were doing SummerSlam at Allegiant Stadium in the in the Raiders Stadium. And I hit my people. I'm like, I got to go. I got to go. I've always wanted to go to a like a big event. I, I went, you know, when they come to Wisconsin, I go to Raw or SmackDown or whatever. But I was like, I got to hmm. go. And so they got me two tickets right behind the announcer's table. Yeah. And John Cena was wrestling. That's like my all-time favorite wrestler. Yeah. And what? So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, That's right. You're a young Yeah, player. exactly. Come on. And so I took my pops. Come on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no. No disrespect. John Cena's cool. But like, man. Yeah. D-Generation X. And NWO. That's fair. the best. I get to. Well, I, the Rock is the all-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. Yeah, I get to D, but I went to SummerSlam. DX? I sat behind the announcer's table, brought my dad, because my dad used to bring me to all the events growing up. Yeah. And that was like, all the moments of my life, that is that is up there. Up like, there. Have, like, like <laughs> what are you talking about? That is like up there. Like, Did you I, get to take the chair and all I that? I took the chair. Chair's yeah, the crib. Like, like, yeah. I had a great time, but SmackDown was in Indy a couple months ago, and mm -hmm. I went, 
and they got me backstage. I got to meet Triple H in the back. Oh, hey, uh, and that's uh, that was that was like man. And again, that's another moment that's just up there, like with everything. Let's, let's tell you this story. I went to Monday Night Raw in Cleveland. <laughs> this this crazy. <laughs> I went to Monday Night Raw in Cleveland. You know how you go to Cleveland State, and you got to go down in yeah, the tunnel right. and all that stuff. So we went down in the tunnel, and I got my old lady with me, and I got my homeboy, him and his old lady. So when we walked through the door, the old lady. <laughs> when we walk through the door, like you know how you walk through the little security little door and all that, we walk through the door, Stone Cold is right there. Right. He's standing there, he got like a six pack of beer, and they got the cameras coming, coming like straight, kind of like towards us. Oh, about to do a scene. Bro, my whole mood changed. Cause I thought he was finna play with me. Yeah. <laughs> so my whole mood changed. So when he asked, he offered me a beer, I was like, nah. Man, he would have stone cold stunned your weak ass, book. boy. You would have got boy, stunned. I wasn't finna play. You would have stunned your ass. I would have paid money to see you get stone cold stunned. He was gonna have to, cause I wasn't going on no TV, bro. It just like my whole mood changed, cause it was like, man, I don't play with yeah. TVs and cameras and stuff. You can't man, you <laughs> play with me in front of your ass yeah. and then got in your I face and started, oh hell yeah, and you. <laughs> Hey, that mood, my mood changed, and I was like, nah, I don't want no beer. After I retire, I got to do something with it. I got to, like, either take a move or hit a move. I have to. I have to. <laughs> he just, like, I caught went, me I off guard, though. I got to go. When I played for Phoenix, we went. They had a joint. I don't remember what it was, SmackDown or whatever. We went to that joint, and we was like, mm -hmm. I was seeing all the dudes, man. They working on what they about to do. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He practiced it. Well, I was like, oh shit, like, yeah. okay. That's the crazy Let part. Me tighten up. Like, yeah, okay. right. <laughs> Let me tighten up around <laughs> Yeah, Stone Cold came, boy. I would have paid, ooh. He's gonna have to whoop my ass right there. Your ass, bro. I that would have been the best shit ever. Mo, tell him, we ain't going, bro. You gonna have to whoop me right there, bro. It just caught me off guard because I'm seeing the cameras rush up and I'm like, oh, man, I know this man. Ain't <laughs> right, right, right. Me, bro. right. In front of my old lady, too? I'm like, nah, I wasn't yeah. going. <laughs> All right, man, that's been real, man. We enjoy sitting down, chopping it up with the young fella, man. We appreciate you coming and hollering at us, bro. Yes, sir. Much love. Sure. Real. Tyrese Halliburton, everybody. I want to thank y'all for your continued support of the Knuckleheads podcast. Be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also watch all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast. And join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. Players Tribune.com